Michael, welcome to the show. Now, you're a parent, you're also an entrepreneur. How do you balance that combination? Hi, Matt, and uh, thank you for inviting me. I'm really pleased to be here. And uh, yeah, good question to start off with. Uh, the short question is, ask me today, and I'll give you a different answer to the one I'll give you tomorrow. Um, I learned a lovely little phrase. So I used to, I'm an alumni of a martial arts teacher, and he always used to describe dynamic equilibrium as being the perfect state to be in when you were fighting. So you're throwing a kick, but you're balanced on one leg, but you're moving. So you have this constant sort of seesaw between movement, impact, direction, all that sort of stuff and flow. And as I became a parent, which happened after being an entrepreneur, I realized it was very much the same sort of thing. It, it, it is a dynamic equilibrium. Um, I have, as a rule, a fairly rigid framework to my days, even the weekends, you know, similar wake up times, similar bedtimes for me, as well as the kids. And yeah. within that, uh, you know, there will be my gym, there will be breakfast, there'll be car runs. That's, you know, all the sort of school drop-offs and that sort of thing. But within that framework, I'm able to find the freedom. So the discipline comes first and then the freedom comes second to that. I, and on a very pragmatic level as well, being my own boss, running my own show, it makes it very easy for me just to say, fine, I'm doing football tonight. If I need to take yeah. a call, and it happens every week, I'll be stood on the uh, on the side of an astro pitch somewhere in the southeast of England, chatting away to the client or chatting away to a business colleague. I'm lucky in as much as I choose who I work with. So I choose with yeah. like-minded people, people who I empathize with, people who know a little bit about me or a lot about me. So it, it, it's not too tricky, but that's a that's a definite lifestyle choice on my part to work the balance between kids and my business. Yeah. And you, you said structured, but, but freedom. So almost like, I know it sounds a funny saying, but you, you structure in that freedom and that flexibility. Is, is that correct? hundred percent. So it's not like you look at my, uh, when, when I was a kid, I'm going to show my age here now, uh, beginning of each school term, we'd cut out the side of a cornflakes packet or whatever cereal was knocking around in the cupboard, then divide yep. it into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then you sit there coloring it in, you know, green for geography, blue for history, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. My laptop calendar looks similar to that now. Every time I open it up, I laugh. <laughs> so everything, my whole day from, you know, sort of wake up at around six, right through to, you know, R&R &R and bedtime, nine, 10 o'clock, there's a little block of color there. But that doesn't mean I rigidly sort of act like a, an automon, an automaton and say, right, okay, oh. it's such and such a time. I must now eat my food. But yes, um, I think it was Jocko Willink, uh, ex-Navy SEAL, um, always used to say um, freedom, uh, uh, freedom lies within the discipline. So if you have certain touchstones in, in your week, so for me, they would be going to the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday, getting on my rowing machine in the garage, the alternate mornings of the week, um, then... At the other end of the day, it would be fitting in my kids' sporting activities, you know, extracurricular activities. Then in the middle of that, there will be lunch breaks or there will be time designated specifically to admin. Uh, what, what, what I've done is I've kind of sat down and over a period of a couple of weeks, I've kind of written down things when I'm feeling good, when I'm feeling low on energy, when I'm yeah. high on energy, when I'm feeling creative. So I've kind of got it mapped out. The mornings are my creative time. I'm definitely a morning person. Um, I was born at sort of 7.15 in the morning, and I think that's kind of stuck with me ever since. My best bit <laughs> yeah. is up, to, up till 11.30. So then I leave all the sort of the dull stuff. So if I have to make phone calls, if I have to do my books or talk to my bookkeeper or accountants, I'll do that in the afternoon. 
So yeah, I kind of have it structured in that sense, but there's a fluidity to it as well. Uh, case in point, I'd kind of come to the end of pretty much everything last Friday around about 3.30, 4 o'clock, and I thought, well, the kids are at swimming, not my turn. I've got, you know, until 6 o'clock, 6.30 when they come home. And uh, I thought, well, I'll just have a wander home, maybe have a quiet drink on, on the way and, uh, you know, enjoy, ease myself into the weekend like that. Uh, one of uh, one of my friends, a fellow dad at school, gave me a buzz and went, you around? Fancy a beer? I'm like, sure, great. And yeah. he's like, when? And uh, I'm like, well, should we do it now? So, you know, by sort of blocking things off, doing things, it, it, it kind of, I can kind of do guilt-free, you know. Yeah. I can do guilt-free at the, you know, football training. I can do guilt-free in the local pub for a couple of hours. Um, yeah, it's 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 fun and it works for me. Yeah, I, I certainly had done done similar things about you know throughout my weeks just written down all those essential tasks i know i have to do but are very easy to forget because they're not necessarily the the most exciting part and then just making sure there's time in my diary to do that but equally making sure there's time for me and i know i was talking to a friend last week and a couple of weeks ago i had a really really busy week and i was looking at it and i was like i've got a block going to the gym on Wednesday because I was thinking I might not be able to Monday, Tuesday, and I definitely can't on Friday. If I don't on Wednesday, by the end of the week, I'm literally going to be, you know, twitching to go and do some exercise and actually blocked out my my time. Um, And uh, yeah, doing that for your, both your business and and for your own wellbeing, I think. Uh, Essential. And and you're spot on. It is a question of blocking out time. So I do that on a a, a daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual basis. You know, so we'll sit down January time, my wife and I will go, okay, when are we thinking of doing holidays this year? You yeah. know, I'm originally from, um, well, from all over, but Cape Town is home. Um, my wife is from Brazil. So there's always like, okay, when are we doing the big trip this year? Let's get that in the diary now. Yep. Um, what are we doing for the Easter? So on and so forth. So you put those big touchstones in for me. And I think everyone's different. So for me, exercise is key. I mean, the three pillars that I build my business, I tell my clients, I tell my kids, I tell my wife to build their lives upon our health, sleep, and nutrition. So yeah. those three things go into my diary. They, they are the Im- immovables. They go into the diary on a weekly basis, and that, that's it. Everything else has to fit in around that. Um, but yeah, you're right. Having that foresight and planning, knowing what's important and making it immovable, that's that's the trick for me. That's, yeah. that's where I find a lot of balance. Yeah. I mean, health is wealth, which is you know absolutely key. And I, I tend to find look after yourself and actually other parts of your life will fall into place you know you, you you perform better in business you can perform better as a as a dad you can perform better as a partner um but actually if you haven't looked after yourself the other parts start to fall apart yeah absolutely it's, it's the old um, analogy isn't it put on your oxygen mask first yeah. before helping those around you yeah yeah very much so and, yeah and, and yeah. you know I, 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 i'm not any kind of guru by any stretch i i balls up on this regularly and I'll get to the point where I'm snappy and tired and irritable. But if I stop and like look at it and say, okay, why is this? It's because I've not had my exercise. I've not gone to bed, mm. you know, at a decent, reasonable time for one or two nights in a row. So everything is, you know, every, if it's, you know, measurable, it's manageable. You yeah. Know? Yeah. If it's miserable, it's manageable. I quite like that as a, as a saying, and it is so true. You know, I know there's, there's things that I need to do to keep myself happy. And I listen to my body, uh, quite a lot as well. When when you're tired, you tend to find you get grumpy and you tend to find you get ill and uh, all these other bits come together if you're not getting enough sleep. So yeah, listening to your body is key. So yeah, with absolutely. regard to 
business? How how do you fit that in? And what's your business journey like? Because I'm aware there's a couple of different things you've you've got going on. So how have you fit yeah. that in? What's what's your story behind behind all of this? And explain what you do. I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'll, I'll take it right back to when I was probably about six or seven, and my father used to say, I, it, with some exasperation, you were such a butterfly because I'd be doing one thing one day, then <laughs> wanting to do something else the next day. Yeah. And at the time, obviously, it wasn't meant, you know, as a as a compliment. It was a criticism because you know things were being dropped and new things were being picked up all the time. But yeah, I'm I'm very much a butterfly, and I've turned it to my strength these days. What I so, so in a nutshell there are kind of three levels to things. I have, I, I'm an investor entrepreneur. That's how I describe myself. I'm uh, uh, sort of a serial investor, serial entrepreneur, um, which sounds really grand, but basically it means I just enjoy solving problems with interesting people. That's it for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. What's interesting? Is there an interesting problem? How many people can we help? Brilliant. Does it resonate with me? Let's do it. So at the very kind of top level, if you like, I have um, my holding company, which is like the investment side of things, which is Christian and Co Holdings. That's where my uh, non-exec kind of or executive roles fall in, my equity interests in different businesses. So at the moment, just to give you an idea, um, I'm working there with a business, which is an online self-diagnostic tool for people with um, either sort of gambling or other compulsive behavior. Okay. Um, and we're targeting specifically three high-pressure environments. One is the military, and we're in discussions with the Ministry of Defense. The second is uh, professional sports, and the third is financial services. Um, basically, those three, I mean, the military, for example, 10 times more likely to have a gambling habit. Um, wow. Professional sports as well. You've got, you know, there's a, a, a whole heap of ex-footballers from Tony Adams to... Uh, Mertens. There's a load of guys out there who've had, you know, issues with gambling and and often associated problems with either narcotics or alcohol as well. So what we've done is created online diagnostic tools, self-diagnostic tools, which enable you to gauge in the privacy or via the privacy of your smartphone um, yep. whether you are, you know, sort of exposed to that kind of risk. And then we kind of help you signpost you onto our panel, if you will, of experts where you're going to be able to sort of find the help that you need. So that's one exciting thing, for example. So that for me is there are literally hundreds of thousands of people out there, you know, probably running into the millions if you look at it worldwide. Yeah. We've got a lovely little digital product there, which we can roll out to these people and do some good. So that's kind of an example of what I do um, within the holding company. Then my consultancy, which is an LLP, that's where I kind of advise um, small, medium-sized businesses how to basically punch above their weights. It started because my kind of background initially as an entrepreneur was within the real estate sector. Um, so I was doing a little bit of real estate development myself. I ended up working with a private family office in, in London, running that for them whilst they lived in Monaco and looking after their interests and client interests as well in, in London and, and the yep. UK generally. And I realized that, there's, that the majority of property companies tend to be the boss, the number two, an office manager, if they're, you know, sort of inclined and, and often an office dog, and that was it. But they needed <laughs> yeah. to fill all the gaps, all the other gaps as well. And yeah, it, it effectively punch above their weights. One one client, for example, may be fantastic at raising funding, but absolutely terrible in personal relationships. Yeah. Or they may be incredibly creative and rubbish on the financial front. So you look at it and I'd go in and give an honest sort of gracie summary of how they were sort of shaping up and where I thought if I could help them, I could. And that kind of expanded because... 
I realized as I moved out of London and I did the diaspora out of Southwest London into the home counties, which a lot of people do, yeah. um, and, you know, with the arrival of kids and whatever, I realized there was a lot of parents, a lot of sort of fellow entrepreneurs out in, you know, the school car park, in the pub, at the football club, at the rugby club, that sort of stuff. So I, I kind of branched out because it, you know, it was more interesting to deal with different kinds of businesses. Yeah. So that's very much what the consultancy does. And then sort of trickling down from that quite naturally came my personal brand, which has been really over the last year or so, which is the parentpreneur, which is, you know, sort of early stage or aspiring entrepreneurs who are also parents. And as you started off this conversation, trying to find that balance, how do you find yeah. that balance between parent, you know, being a parent, being a mindful parent, a present parent, but also having the ambition and the excitement and vision to get going with your own, with your own ideas. Yeah. What, what do you think is the, the biggest, I say stumbling block or the, the, the biggest issue parents have uh, with managing their business and, and parenthood? What, what's the what's the common problem you say? Um, I would say it's self-discipline. Now, I'll qualify that by saying self-discipline isn't about setting the alarm for 5am and hitting the gym and, you know, then having oatmeal on the table by the time you know tarquins come down for breakfast it's it's got nothing to do with self-discipline i mean the root of the word discipline is is self-study and self-reflect or study and reflection so it's self-study self-reflection so it's being aware of themselves it's being aware of what is actually important to them i when i when i'm dealing with clients and, and friends and like i'll i'll sit down and, and i run through the seven levels of why i don't know if you've ever done that exercise but it will be okay so you want to be an entrepreneur why and it will start with something quite banal, probably very sort of mental, cerebral and practical. But you keep going, okay, so you want to do it because you'd like independence from a boss that you don't like. Why do you want that independence? And then you, each layer down, you go from yeah. the head down towards the heart and then you kind of find the root. I mean, I've had people crying by the end of it, not because I'm doing it to be mean. <laughs> not because, because you're I'm, bullying them, no. Because it's, no, not because I'm bullying yeah. them, but, but they, they're starting to tap into what really is important to them. So. Yeah. For, for me, I always say to people, it's like it, it, people who are struggling to be sort of parentpreneurs, parents and entrepreneurs, it's because they're not clear of what their big why is. Um, all the rest of it can fall into place. Once you know what your values are, everything else can then be sort of, you know, reverse engineered. Did you know I've made myself available 24-7 to answer your questions? Well, sort of. I've created an AI version of me, iMike helping my fellow parentpreneurs around the clock and around the world. And I did this in three simple steps. Number one, I honed my message and style of mentoring. Number two, I condensed over two years of content and uploaded it to my AI. Number three, I made iMike free so I can help as many people as possible. iMike is helping solve the challenges of balancing parenting and early stage entrepreneurship and is yours for free. Just follow www.bitly forward slash access iMike. That's www.bit.ly slash A C C E S S I M I K E. Details in the show notes too. Yeah, having clarity on what you're what you're actually doing and why you want to do it. I think that's yeah. essential. And so many people mud along in life just getting on with stuff that they think they're meant to be doing without really maybe having a connection to what this day means and all of our days that they are limited you know we are yeah. all here for a limited amount of time work is obviously a massive part of our life but equally so is 
bringing up some kids or spending time with your family or spending time with your friends and yeah understanding that some parts of your life are a means to an end some parts are you know your real goal um, and understanding i guess i guess learning about yourself so for your did you have a bit of a discovery on that did you ever sort of suddenly realize this is what i want to do when did that hit do you know what it probably only hit so my kids now are nine and seven months because obviously that's important and that age the seven months and <laughs> the other, other one is sort of eight and three months so there's about 18 months between them um and it kind of occurred when my son turned up the eldest and that really gave me a real focus it was about Creating a legacy sounds a bit of a grand thing, but it is about creating a legacy. I was very blessed. I had two parents who stayed together until they died. Um, they left me morally, financially, emotionally secure. And my job, as far as I'm concerned now, as, and, and it kind of only crystallized, it only kind of realized as, as, as my son turned up was that I have to build upon that, you know. I have to pass yeah. that forward. I have to pay it forward and create a legacy, not just financially where they'll have a future where they can, you know, sort of have choice, but also where they are morally, um, physically, mentally, health-wise, you know, well set for, you know, going forward in their life. So for me, that's when it kind of, that's when it really dropped in. Um, yeah, and it was just about understanding you, you said everyone's busy. We we are all busy, but we all have the same twenty four seven, and it's just choosing how you do that. I see a lot of bu busy fools, and I'm very quick to pick people up, including my, my wife. And you know, she doesn't take it kindly. <laughs> how how it does that go kind. down? <laughs> well, it, it's it's volatile. You've got uh, you know sort of a very forthright South African versus a very um, you know sort of uh, typical uh, stereotypical Brazilian. So uh, you know, yeah, we have we have the fifth of November and the fourth of July pretty much every time those discussions yeah. take place. Um, but you know, it, it, it works. It's, it's it's how the dynamic works with us. So I've, I think I've it's seen, important. sorry, just in that, I've seen that in a, someone suggests in a relationship when, when someone's having a little bit of a moan about something, you almost want to say, look, do you want sympathy or do you want a solution? Yeah. That's because, fantastic. you know, sometimes, and, and if you say, okay, I do want a solution, be prepared that it might be uncomfortable, <laughs> but actually that's... at times we're not ready to, to hear that. I, I, I think you're so right. And this is this this goes way back to you know the the 1990s and men are from Mars and women are from from Venus. Men by their very nature are like, well, let's solve it. There's a problem. Let's solve it. You know, let's go to the toolbox, the mental toolbox, the physical toolbox. How can yeah. we fix this? And sometimes, I think people just do want to talk. They do want to vent. They do want to sort of just like unload. But I think, yeah, for for me, it's. Um, for me, most people make excuses, and I think that's where their troubles, that's where their real problems arise. You know, there's a, a, a busy, busy fool mentality. There's also a lovely quote. I think it was um, it's Peter Drucker, and he said, "Efficiency is doing things right. Effectiveness is doing the right thing." Um, yeah. So, so, and, and and for me, that's that's so true. So, for example, I got to the end of Friday afternoon. I'd done everything I needed to do. If I'd been in a corporate job, I may have been required to have keep, you know, kept the proverbial coat on the back of my chair until six o'clock to give yeah. the impression that I was still working. I'd done my work. I'm done. I'm off. Yeah. So it's that it's being effective over efficient. I think whether you're yeah. a parent or a business person. 
Yeah, I can see that. And I think finding excuses is a, is a massive one for putting off things that are even even if we do want them, they they become slightly un, uncomfortable. You know, there's there's motivation which is you know oh, I want to do this, whether it's oh, I'm going to train for the the marathon or whatever. And you'll see this in January. People will have lots of motivation to change their life, do this, but the discipline is actually getting out of bed on those rainy days at an, when it's still dark outside and putting your trainers on and actually going out running. That's yep. where you know we need to step up. And, and there's lots of things that I guess people can do. I know for my, myself, I try and prep a lot of my day the, the day before. So even if, I, if I'm going to the gym early in the morning, I don't want to have to get up and think, where are my trainers? Oh, which gym top am I wearing? You know, take all of those decisions out of the way. So I'm literally, it's in a pile. And you, you yeah. get up and put it on. There's there's no no excuse. And it, and in fact, if I do make the excuse to stay in bed, when I get up, I can see it looking at me. My trainers, my gym top, my you know, almost like staring at me. Like, what's happened here, Matt? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, it's like compounding of compounding decisions. It's it's a great great way of doing it. And that is how that's how things stick. You know, self discipline, willpower. Mm -mm, they don't they don't last. But habitual behavior which kind of grows in tiny incremental steps that's where the big sort of growth that's where the big sort of like paradigm shifts if you will that's where yeah. they come from i guess it's that the habits um i don't know if you've read james clear's uh, atomic habits and that sort of building on little things and sometimes stacking habits as well so when when you do one thing you, you do another and just making it easy um because you're right life can be busy life can be challenging and actually, there are some things we can do to make it easier to make the choices that maybe subconsciously we want to, but we find an excuse very easily. And and I think fitness and things like that is a very easy one to to almost brush off. You know, it's very comfortable to get home and just sit on the sofa. It's very comfortable yeah. to not go out when it's cold. You know, I ice bath this morning. It was raining. You know, that's not a comfortable thing. Um, but actually stepping up and, and doing that actually has some real long-term benefits and it does help you reach those goals that you've you've set yourself yeah i i love that i love the fact that you do ice baths it's it's it, it's those tiny little bits of self-discipline there's the whole the, the wonderful commencement speech again from a navy seal um where he says you know you want to do one thing today make your bed you know yeah because if you do nothing else you've achieved one thing for the day and when you come home after a shitty day you've got a nice bed to climb into um, and and it is it's it's that it's the it's the gym shoes next to the bed. It's making your bed. It's having the cold shower or the ice bath. It's all yeah. of these tiny little increments, and it's learning where to fit it in. You're right. People make too many excuses. I know that I hate exercising after three o'clock. I always have done ever since I was a kid, a teenager. So I know if I don't get it done by twelve one o'clock, it's not going to happen, and I will just park it or do it another day. So yeah. I make sure that it happens on those days. I also don't want it eating into family time. You know, for me with my very kind of rigid colored colored in calendar <laughs> you know 4 430 onwards is kid time it's family yeah. time it's picking them up from school or taking them to football training it's then going home and chilling you know reading whatever else it is i want to do with them so you have to have that sort of you know tiny little habit sort of program in place yeah i i agree i mean i, I like the gym in the morning or anything like that because i do know and i, I almost say it to myself once i've had my shower it's like I, I don't want to go to the gym because I'm going to, have to get other clothes dirty and then I'm going to have to have a shower. And it becomes actually a half hour gym session becomes a massive obstacle of multiple extra things you need to do. 
So I know if I don't get it done first thing, I will almost talk myself out of it, you know, and then I'm yeah. sort of like, oh, actually, maybe I'm getting a bit hungry. I'll just have something to eat first and then I'll do, you know, and then it, it, it compounds on to you're not going. Yeah. Um, but and actually, then, by having, and having then a your structure. Yeah. yeah, and then but then your kids walk in and it's like, oh well, you know, not my fault, it's their fault, or you know, or my wife told me to go and do this on the way. It's, so yeah, yeah, it's yeah, take responsibility. I think that, you know, back to the original question, that is the main thing. Most people are afraid of taking responsibility. Um, I think they've had. It's not that they've been kind of spoon fed or anything like that, or that they're soft or society. But I'm not going to be one of those people. But I do think most people. There's one one of my favorite, if you like, sort of um, personal development. Um, people is Bob Proctor and one of the sayings that my kids will just roll their eyes at when they hear me saying it again and again is 2% of people think 3% think they think 95% would rather die than think and um, that's that's basically the crux of it people don't want to think Um, and that's so they'll they'll look for they'll react rather than respond a problem comes up you know uh, the alarm goes off late or whatever else it is they'll react and go oh well you know the alarm went off I can't do it now yeah and I guess it's accepting responsibility as well for things. There's there's a difference between, you know, your fault and your, your responsibility. And actually, I have that conversation with my kids sometimes. You know, they've, they've knocked over something or dropped a knife. Well, it's not my fault. I'm, like, I'm not saying it's your fault, but it's your responsibility to now now deal with it and and take it on. And I think as adults, we're, we're like that. Oh, this has happened. It wasn't wasn't my fault. No, no, it wasn't your fault, but it's your responsibility to now work out how you're going to carry on doing something else you know that one of your shoes had moved so i didn't go to the gym it wasn't my fault well no but it was your responsibility to go and find the the shoes that you wanted and then then go and get it so i think that's that's another part of we're very quick to just go oh it's not my fault yeah absolutely i mean you know as a grown-up you could over the last five years go oh it's not my fault it was brexit oh it's not my fault it was the pandemic Mm -hmm. oh it's not my fault it's the economic crisis that we're uh, you know sort of getting buried down into right now Absolutely, you're quite you're quite right. You can't deal yep. with those big macro issues, but you can deal with how you respond to those macro issues. Yeah. Someone said to me once, "It's not about the economy; it's about your economy." For example, um, yeah, you can still do something with where you are, with what you've got right this moment. You've just got to take responsibility and yeah. step up to the plate and work your way through it. I think a lot of people are scared. They can be scared. I mean, you, you know, you said earlier about people who want you know parents who are entrepreneurs. Another big thing I think is that they are fearful. Um, you know, the imposter syndrome, uh, who's going to want to listen to me, um, all of that type of thing. And that makes it, that that can be quite paralyzing. And I've seen a lot of very, very clever people, far cleverer than me, far more intelligent with much more to offer, but they are quite scared to step out of that sort of yeah. bubble. Yeah, yeah, com- completely. I mean, that imposter syndrome on, you know, I think most of us have suffered it. Um, at, at some point and uh you know i was talking to someone a couple of days ago i put a fair bit of content out there record videos you know do i love recording videos of myself not, not necessarily but i'm able to do it and i feel you know i sh- should be giving that message away but one thing that's really important tonight when anyone watches any of my videos and says oh they're really good and enjoyed that i sort of say to them you're aware i'm almost talking to myself as much as i'm talking to anyone else you know i'm i'm reminding myself of of these things it's not that i've got all the answers and i'm preaching in fact i'm just stepping up to the plate and and almost reminding myself what i should be doing how i can deal with certain situations how business works and it's a reminder for for me 
you are spot on. Um, I, I often say it's helping others by scratching my own itch. It is exactly, yeah. for me, it's like it's mental housekeeping. Um, even yeah. having, this convers- having, having this conversation with you today, um, I sat down earlier and just scribbled down, you know, sort of two dozen points. And even that process, I mean, I've looked at the list once here, but I, even that process was a sort of a, a form of mental spring cleaning. Yeah. And it was like, oh, yeah, of course, I must remember to be more engaged on that point. Or, oh, yeah, great. That does make me feel good when I do that thing. Or, where is that book? I should read it again, you know? Yeah. There's there's something about just almost stepping away from your daily work tasks and just writing down a list of whatever it is. I often sort of brain dump just all of the ideas I've got, and then I can start to try and organize it into some sort of order. Otherwise, we get almost paralyzed by the the big picture of uh, you might have your end goal, but actually you're almost paralyzed. How do I get there? Just writing things down is so powerful. 100%. 100%. Um, the, uh, the the sort of image um, analogy I always have, I don't know if you've ever watched the Harry Potter films, but uh, Professor Dumbledore in his study had something called the pensive and he'd pull thoughts out of his head and then stir them. It basically looked like a massive baptism font and he'd stir yeah. them in there and they'd be out. And for me, I always say like writing my list on a Sunday afternoon and then writing the list each day like you the day before to plan yeah. my day, that's me pulling all that stuff out of the head. And that gives you the clarity. That, that, that's what gives me the freedom is just taking stuff out. And what I do each day and on, on a Sunday is that list, I'll then highlight it in three different colors. There's a do, delegate, or delete. And I'll just yeah. go through each bit, you know. And the do bits are the ones that not necessarily that only I can do because that's where you do need to learn running a business to delegate and accept it's not going to be done your way or as well as you could do it, but accept that it's better to delegate it. But the things to do are the things that give you joy, that give you that space, that give you the opportunity to work on your business, not in the business type thing as well. Yeah. And delete, well, delete is self-explanatory. You look at a list and you go, well, that's really not going to change the world if I don't do that. Just put a line through it, done. that's that's a really nice way of doing that sort of you know urgent important not urgent sort of system that that's been been around for years i can't remember the the name of the guy that something matrix um it was the uh, eisenhower matrix i think that's it it, that's the one um yeah it is just working out what needs to happen for your business to move forward and then do i need to do this to someone else would someone else be better to do this and actually this task is it literally going to make no difference to anything in which case yeah. it can either be binned off or passed yeah. to someone else at a later date. Yeah, completely. And I, I love playing with all those different kind of mechanisms because you kind of get bored of doing the same thing all the time. So you've got the Eisenhower method. Another yeah. one I love is the IBE method. You just write down the six most important things. And I always choose mm-hmm. three business things, three personal things, and then just do them. And when they're done, that's it. Your day's done. Step away yeah. from it. Yeah, I try and structure my my day and, well, just my week probably rather than my day. You know, I want want to do something that improves the business. It improves something on a leadership level for myself, something that I've learned that's going to help me perform better. And then just improve my life. So that's going to the gym, going for a walk with one of the kids, doing something that actually isn't business related uh, because you've got to have that balanced wheel. Otherwise, you know, there's no point having a really successful business if actually, you know, that the, the missus and the kids hate you or you never see them or any of that. It just doesn't doesn't work. Um, but yeah, equally, but we, you need I need the business to 
to perform for me. I need to perform for the business and then the business needs to generate income to allow me to spend time with, with other people. So it's, you know, it does all have to balance up. Oh, for sure. But then I think you start getting into the world of like, you, you know, the law of diminishing returns. At what point is enough enough? Yes. Know? So yeah. for me, it's, I mean, it's really important to me. I, I look at my business and say, why am I doing it? A, because I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it and, you know, let's not beat around the bush. Money is a lovely thing. You know, money yep. might not make you happy, but was it Spike Milligan said, "I've been poor and uh, poor and uh, rich, and no, sorry, I've been poor and miserable and rich and miserable. Give me rich and miserable every time." Yeah, because the the the, the money gives you choice. So for me, yes. it's about yeah. choice. If I can make the right choices on my health, if I make the right choices with my time, if I make the right choices with my money, choice is what gives me joy. That's what gives me contentment. And, it, mm. and you're right, that has to be a balance, a balanced wheel on that on that front. Yeah, yeah. quite often when you're, you're looking at uh, people in their life and things like that, actually, while I don't think you know, money needs to be the number one motivator, often without it, other areas struggle. I can't go out with my friends, I haven't got any money to do it. I can't go away and have a time off with the kids because I haven't got the money to do it. So actually, while it's not all about the money, the money definitely provides some of the freedom to help you balance other areas of your life. Yeah, yes. absolutely. It, it does give you choice, you know, yeah. end of. And mm -hmm. and I think as well, people, if you're very clear on what your why is, you know, as I, as I touched on at the beginning of the conversation and your values, all of these decisions become very simple. Now, simple doesn't mean easy, but it does, for me, simple means binary. Um, yeah. So if I know what my goals and my values are, it's a really simple question. Does this take me closer or further away from that goal or that value? And the decisions made for you it's a bit yeah. like you know putting the gym clothes out it's a bit like steve jobs always wearing the same clothes you're removing yep. the need for wasting a thought or a decision yep. so yeah. yeah yeah there is that decision fatigue isn't it and you know we often see it at the end i see it by the end of the day you know my brain's getting a bit bit frazzled so any decisions i can remove that aren't really that important <laughs> then then i will and, and yeah picking out the gym kit the day day before i don't want to go well, am i wearing the black or the the red you know like just i don't want a decision at five six in the morning yeah absolutely and and unfortunately because of social media because of me well because of just a very much busier life we are being bombarded with so many more decisions and so many sort of variables that we don't really need to take into consideration you know no. again with the kids i, I i'm forever saying you know, not my circus, not my monkeys. Why is that happening? Why have they done that? I'm like, not my circus, not my monkey. Yeah. And that's not to say that I'm being ignorant. It's just not important to me. It doesn't have an impact on me. I mean, no. the flip side to, you know, I, I said to someone yesterday, um, I, I said, because I upset someone and I said, look, you know, it's none of my business what they think of me, you know? No. Um, so you kind of have to make decisions that are right for you, not amorally or without any sort of you know sort of empathy or emotional intelligence but you make decisions for yourself first and foremost because if you do that by and large the people around you who are the most important anyway yeah will also be happy so yeah yeah some someone once said to me mind your own business and what what they what they meant was just look after my worry about my own business you know yeah. look after am i doing the right thing am i you know making decisions that i think are morally correct am i looking after the ones that i that i love you know don't worry about what other people think of me for for it you get you, you can get so caught up in that but actually mind your own business just keep your side of the street clean and uh then then you can just crack on with your day yeah i love that 
that is. It, life would be a heck of a lot simpler if, if, if that was more sort of common sense. But yeah, uh, yeah it's not. So. <laughs> Let's finish off today. Just uh, what, one tip for a parent thinking of starting a business so that they're not necessarily started. What would you say to them they need to do, get their mindset right or, or a tool? Or what is it you'd, you'd suggest to, to someone thinking of starting a business? I, that's a really good question. And there are so many different things, but I take it right back to the core fundamentals. Most people do something for one of two reasons. It's either because of ego or because they want to master something and they love something, they have a passion for something. Uh, if it's for ego, you're going to struggle and you will kind of fail, basically. Mm -hmm. When the challenges start to come along, you're going to slip up and just give up. So I would say if you're a parent and you're thinking that you're an aspiring entrepreneur as well, I would make sure that you're doing it because you want to master something because you're passionate about something and you've got something there that you can bring to the world as opposed to here's an idea that's going to give me the big flash car that's going to make me look like the big, you know, big Johnny, yeah. whatever, you know, whatever it is. So I'd say that just be sure of what your why is. Yeah, that's a great tip. Michael, thank you so much for joining me today. The The conversation has been an absolute pleasure. And I know that, I mean, I've taken lots out of it and I hope everyone who's listened has uh, taken lots of insights from you. So thank you. Matt, I loved it. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm, I'm privileged. Thank you. No problem. Thank you.